0: in this episode of the chain clinkers disc golf podcast we are giving you our top 10 disc golf deal breakers these are the 10 things you shouldn't do in disc golf as well as we give a little bit of pro tour discussion give our thoughts on the year so far and give some predictions for the future let's get into it right now Welcome into the Chain Clankers Disc Golf Podcast, presented by Upper Park Disc Golf. And hey, Upper Park Disc Golf is in the business to make the game better for everyone. Since 2011, Upper Park Disc Golf has focused on disc golf bags and accessories with unique styles, innovative designs, and unmatched comfort. They are using cutting-edge design techniques and durable outdoor materials with a lifetime guarantee so that you can focus on what really matters throwing those perfect shots disc golf is more than just a game it's an opportunity to come together to foster relationships, build community and promote healthy lifestyles at Upper Park Disc Golf they strive to embody those values in all that they do and they truly have some of the best disc golf bags out on the market, the Rebel, the Shift, the Pinch Pro are three of our favorites on this show we use them, we love them and you can use and love these bags as well by using promo code clinkers 10 at checkout you save 10 percent off your order and you show support for us it shows that you listen to this podcast and you help keep the lights on the bills paid for And it really does help us grow. And it tells Upper Park, hey, we're doing a good job and we should continue to work together. So if you're in the market for a new bag or know somebody who's in the market for a new bag, we would highly appreciate you heading over to Upper Park Disc Golf and just give them a check out. If you like what you're seeing, use our code CLANKERS10. We would appreciate it. Today's episode is going to be a fun one. We are going to be talking about Disc Golf Deal Breakers, 10 Things You Shouldn't Do in Disc Golf. We're also going to talk a little bit about the Disc Golf Pro Tour. The season has kicked off and if you're new to Disc Golf and new to this episode and this podcast, welcome in. We appreciate that you're here and we want throughout the year to give you some Disc Golf Pro Tour updates. What's going on? That way you can start to follow the tour as well and we might sprinkle a little bit of Fantasy Disc Golf in there as well as that is ever growing. That is something that we kind of want to explore a little bit more but let's go ahead let's bring in the co-host tonight. T-Doc, Trenton,
1: how are we doing tonight? Quentin, I'm doing great. Getting ready to uh, learn some knowledge with my fellow disc golfing pals, so can't wait to get it rolling. How are you doing tonight, Mr. Quentin? I am doing fantastic, And and if you're listening
0: to this podcast right now and you play disc golf and you have friends who play disc golf who don't listen to this podcast, I challenge you share this podcast with them it will help them learn more about the sport it'll help them get better it'll help you and your competition between them it'll get better because you'll both be getting better at disc golf and hey let's be honest it's more fun when everyone's a little bit better at the game so we would appreciate that if everyone just shared this podcast with one friend think how big the clanker gang is could get right. everyone would be learning more and uh we would definitely appreciate if you guys did that and if you don't well send me a dm saying that i smell bad or something like that or just
1: comment in the in the video or the wherever that's fine that's fine too we'll get it either way yeah tell us you hate us Either
0: love us or hate us. Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, hey, we, like I said, we have a fun episode today. We're talking disc golf deal breakers, and we've got 10 of them lined up for you, and let's just go ahead and jump into the list. No more dilly-dallying, and I'll kind of kick things off here for us, and the first one I have on the list is you don't need to buy everything. Now, especially if you are a newer disc golfer, if you're getting into the sport, I really make sure you're listening in this. Turn the volume up, lock in, focus. You don't need to buy everything. You don't need a 100 discs. You don't need that Zuka cart. You don't need all the things that come with getting really into disc golf at first. Now, there's time, and yes, we, you know sure you want to support some players you like you want to buy. I get it. I do. It's really hard. I, and everyone listening to this podcast probably has spent too much money on disc golf at one point or another. But what I'm saying is you don't need to spend hundreds of dollars on discs that are probably just going to end up on your shelf. When I really think you need to find a putter that's kind of comfortable to you, find a mid, find a fairway driver a seven, eight speed fairway driver and learn those three discs, learn how to throw them flat, Learn how to throw them on Heiser, learn how to throw them on Anheiser, four hands. Just understand how to play the game of disc golf and throw a disc pretty well with those discs once you do that and it's like okay well maybe I need a disc that is more stable or understable or you know I just don't like this plastic or maybe I want another one of these then start exploring but I really think kind of get your fundamentals and understand what you like before you just go spend a ton of money that's something I wish I spent more time doing finding what discs what brands what plastics I like and just knowing how to throw a frisbee properly and getting my form down before I I spent a ton of money on things I didn't need and
1: now just sit on my shelf couldn't agree more I was actually looking at my disc golf shelf today in my garage and I'm like wow I think I've thrown half of those discs five times and the other half or the other quarter at least zero times and then there's like 20 in there that used to be in my bag and kind of get shuffled around so couldn't agree more just It is what it is. And then you got a bunch of discs that you thought you wanted to try. You try them and then you don't do anything with them and they sit on yourself. So definitely agree with that. Number two on our list is understanding speed of play and when to, you know, maybe you're catching a group in front of you and they don't totally notice. And, uh, Hey, don't be afraid to ask if you can pass them or if you are that group in front And you are going a little bit slow and you guys are having a great time. You and the boys are out there just getting loose, having some beers and you got some people behind you cruising along. Don't forget to uh, slow down, let them pass you, especially if they are putting and you guys are just teeing off. Don't, don't be the guys or gals who pick up your bag and start to walk as that group behind you starts to walk up to the tee pad and you're literally just finishing teeing off. It's never fun to do that. And uh, like I said, Don't be afraid to ask if you can jump in front of uh, them as well if you are are moving faster than the group. I have a couple stipulations on this one
0: because I definitely can see both sides of that. I'll start with the slow side. If you're going slow, give it a couple holes, I'll say. If if, you've played three holes and it's pretty consistent that by the time your group is done driving, the card behind you is kind of walking up to the pad, go ahead and let them pass. I'll also say... For your sake, you should only let one card pass per hole. Like, don't sit there, let a card pass. Okay, well now another card's walking. Well, I guess we'll let them pass. Don't. You're gonna be out there for literally ever. You let one pass. If that next card is on you after a hole or two, okay, let them pass. Then don't be out there for five hours Three. because you let through. You know, twenty cards through in eighteen holes. Don't don't do that to yourself. Um, and then I'll say that if if you're going fast and like it's just so busy at the course that even if you jump the card in front of you, you still then would have to jump another card in front of them and another card in front of them. Like at that point, like just realize it's going to take a little bit longer and you you don't need to be constantly on their heels.
1: Throw an extra shot. Yeah. Yeah. Make, make Throw an extra shot. A little bit longer. Work. Throw on an putts. extra
0: putt. Yeah do a forehand and a backhand like do something that might make it a little bit longer for you now if you're really moving and you're like okay I'm going to jump a card every hole then I mean go for it but like if you're not going to do that then just kind of chill cuz it is kind of infuriating when someone is on your heels and you can't really do anything about it and if you're like being nice and cool and you're not just staring them down angrily like there is a difference between you know uh, you're on your phone or you're doing whatever compared to just standing there waiting in the split second that they start to walk off you're throwing don't don't be that guy let let the car in front of you get out of there okay next on the list this is number three is you got to make sure you have some liquids. Don't get to the course with no liquids. I can definitely attest to this one. I'm a big liquids kind of guy. I have to have at least one full water bottle with me, if not a couple more in the truck, for the ride home afterwards. I cramp a lot, hate that about me, and I think that if you're playing disc golf and you don't have any water or Gatorade or whatever you're drinking, by the time you get to like hole 13, you're really going to start to feel it. And maybe it's even a mental thing. If, okay, I'm going to take a drink before I tee off every single time. And you know, you're know you going to make sure your body's loose, flowing, you got the liquids coming in, everything's feeling good. But if you're not drinking anything or you didn't bring anything, there have been times where I, in the middle of summer, have forgotten a water. And boy, I'll tell you what, by the time we are done, I am truly feeling like death. I it's hard to finish 18. It's hard to give mental capacity towards that next pot or that next drive. So having those liquids, I think is really important for
1: keeping you locked in and playing good disc golf. And a bonus, if you are like me to the liquids is always to bring a snack, baby, whether it's beef jerky trail mix, a candy bar, whatever, nice little pick me up. Mid round is always, always amazing. And, uh, Quentin definitely has a problem with um, cramping. He needs to either eat a banana every day in the summertime or, I don't know, something Something needs to happen because he'll throw two holes and then, ah! Literally. <laughs> and then, yeah, we'll have to get it on video one of these times. It's kind of funny. All right, number four is do not be a big butthead because no one wants to play with the guy or gal who's just in a bad mood and isn't having fun and is out there being mean to everybody for no reason, if you had a bad day, maybe it's okay to, even if you had plans to go play with your boys or your gals and you're kind of had a rough day at work or you woke up in the, on the wrong side of the bed and I don't know, you just kind of aren't feeling it. Maybe take the day off maybe, maybe or go to do some field work and throw by yourself. Cause if you're out there with, with some friends or even just, at the course, especially nowadays, when there's always two, three, four, five, twenty cards out there, no one wants to, you know, be around someone who's just in a bad mood and kind of bringing the card down. And the the more positive you are, the more fun you are. I'm not saying you have to be like, "Oh, wow, nice shot." You don't have to nice people like Quentin loves, but just yeah, don't be stop that. Just don't be uh, out there, you know, grunting after every putt or throwing your disc down after you drive or kicking your bag over or. All those things, because that's no fun. And that's probably an obvious thing to say, but it's got to be said. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. we are do doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it kind of goes with number five. I'm just going to kind of continue on this. Number five on our list is no bad vibes because a lot of what Trenton is saying is, like, if you're playing a tournament and you miss a putt and you start cussing and throwing a temper tantrum, no one's going to want to play with you. And, and like, also, is it really fun to be out there? Like, I've played in tournaments where someone will have one bad round and there's two or three left and they'll just quit. Why? you paid all this money to play just because you had one bad round. You're going to quit. Like have a little bit of mental fortitude and, and like push through, like accept the challenge. It sucks. All right, let's, let's deal with it and move on. Like I really think if you can have a good vibe out there and like Trenton's saying, you don't have to be the guy or gal who is like a wee character saying nice shot every single time. Stop that let's 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 in the bad vibes section. Ooh, let's that bring was, that yeah. in if you every single time somebody's it, Okay, you Ooh. know what? I'm bringing this up if this is in the no bad vibes section if you are somebody who says nice or oh That's looking good or if you have something to say on every single throw Stop it. Okay, cut it out. It it's not necessary It really is not necessary it it's going to be okay i promise you don't need to do it every single time i do it sometimes like when i bring new players out like even if it's a bad throw i'll be like oh yeah that was good cuz i am trying to encourage them but like i need to catch myself and be like no that was bad i shouldn't have said anything
1: All right, the next one on the list is be respectful of the course. And what I mean by that is, is what you bring into the course, make sure you pack out with you. If you are one of those people who's out there having a good time drinking some brews, maybe you're into the legal stuff that's in California, Colorado, Oklahoma, Missouri now, all those, Nevada, wherever. If you're going to do that, be respectful of the course. Don't throw your ashes, you know, because you don't want to start a fire. Don't throw your beer cans or your liquor bottles. Or your shooters, because those are popular on hole three. Don't throw them in the grass over there for someone who happens to shank a shot to go and find and pick up later for you, because you think it's a good idea to slam it and then throw it in the trees. What you take in, bring out with you, and then also one other thing about the 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 Mary Jane is is maybe just know your surroundings. If you're if, if you do that, no judgment. Know your surroundings though. Like if maybe there's like a couple people in your card. Obviously don't do it on a tournament for sure. But just make sure that people on your card are cool with it because some people might not, you know. You just never know. But uh, it's true. Anyhow, that's 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 what I got to say about that.
0: You might have some real narcs on your card. Yeah. So <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, you should be respectful of other people and like, you know. Same thing with cigarettes. Like you should ask if it's okay if you're in a group with people especially strangers. Um and yeah, I really really want to harp on this one guys. A disc golf deal breaker is littering. Stop it. We as disc golfers are one of the least intrusive sports in the world, right? It's not like we're cutting forests down to build a basketball facility. You know what I'm saying? Like we use the forests we use the trees like we are nature like we're in nature let's not ruin it by putting trash everywhere like come on seriously how low do you have to be to throw your trash away outside and litter and especially if you're somebody or if you see somebody crumple up their beer can and stick it in the hole of the basket Mm. come on dude come on come on put it in your bag carry it if you're unwilling to carry it out don't carry it in that's that's a big deal breaker for me. If I'm playing with somebody and and, and they start littering and stuff, I make sure to call them out because that's absolutely ridiculous. And you should call them out also. That's that's not okay. That is a that is a chain clanker approved thing. PSA. PSA. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, don't litter. It's really, it's really not cool. And I don't want to sound like, you know, we're all in like fifth grade and we're getting like, you know, the the talks of life and stuff, but like it's it's really it really is not cool. We we need to stop that. There shouldn't ever have to be a course cleanup day for trash and litter because we shouldn't be littering and putting trash on the course. Agreed. Just a thought. Just a thought. Um, okay, next one on the list, number seven here. Uh you don't need to be sponsored. Thanks, you don't thanks you like like remember the episode title, right? You know, disc golf deal breakers. Ten things you shouldn't do. You shouldn't have the goal of, I have to be sponsored. Oh, I have to be sponsored. If, if, if I'm not sponsored, then I'm not good at disc golf. That is so not the case. Like, a lot of amateurs who get sponsors are literally just walking advertisements for companies. It's not profitable for the player. They get a couple discs for free, and then they get like a 10%, 25 maybe 30, 40% discount code. Like, if you are having to pay for things you're not like sponsored sponsored you're like if you're having to pay for it, you're an ambassador yeah. I guess and maybe that's the name the right word like I don't think your goal should be to oh if I don't get sponsored then I'm bad at disc golf yes there are a lot of people who get sponsored and a lot of those amateurs are awesome for the companies because they get a ton of free advertising or advertising that doesn't cost a lot. And it's just the truth. I'm not trying to be mean, negative, whatever. It's, it's just the truth. And you also look around and like you'll see the, the, the really good players, the the actual pros on the DGPT, yeah, they, they're not paying for things. Does anyone think that, that Ricky Wysocki is having to pay Dynamic Discs for Raptor Eyes? Like, of course not. Right. So like, I don't think your goal should be to get sponsored. I think a better goal is how can you improve every single day? How can you get better at this shot or this putt or using this disc or, you know, playing better in your local tournaments, those kinds of things. I think those are better goals. Having fun is a better goal than being like, if I don't get sponsored, it means I'm a bad disc golfer. (laughs) That's not true. Trust me.
1: Yeah. And the only thing I would add to that is, uh, the more you work, the better you, the better you get. And all those things will naturally just fall into place. And the next thing you know, you'll have people calling you. You'll have agents calling you because there are agents now, but I think with everything going on, it's going to become more relevant. And as money continues to grow, it's going to become even more relevant. So you'll have agents start to call you. You'll have sponsors start to call you and it'll just be great. And you won't even have to really worry about it. You'll just have to pick and choose which one you want to play with. if If that's your goal. So the next thing that we want to talk about all of us, Obviously love the game of disc golf, but here's, here's the key. You don't have to force your friends to play because not everyone's into it. If they, if you get them out to play once and they kind of have fun and they're like, yeah, that was cool to drink a couple beers and whatever. Don't hound them about it every other week. Cause <clears throat> at first, you know, it's kind of hard. It's kind of frustrating. You're not very good and there's like something about it. We all talk about like the flight of the disc is kind of what gets us hooked or whatever it might be. Well, some people just, it's just not for them and that's totally fine. So don't try to, don't try to just hound your friends with, you know, this Innova AVR is the best putter on the market. You have to, I think if you were to just try this putter, I think you would have fun because we've all heard that we've all probably said it at least once, but you got to know when enough's enough and don't, don't, you know, it's obviously more fun when you get your buddies out there to play, but don't hound them and don't be, anno- be annoying about it. The game's great. We all love it, and um, we want our friends to play, but just don't, like I said, I'm beating a dead horse, but just don't, don't do that. Yeah,
0: it's one of those things where it's really, you have to nurture those new players into wanting to continue to come out if you have gotten some, maybe it's some workmates or your friends who are finally giving it a try, don't make it stressful. Don't make it unenjoyable. Like keep it light, keep it fun. Don't keep score. And definitely do not be the person that gives out unsolicited advice. Like there's no tomorrow. Like, maybe give them some pointers beforehand, like, hey, here's how you throw, here's how you putt, like here's some basic disc golf one oh one. But don't like as soon as they throw be like, oh you're rounding there guy. You're not you're not doing this. You're not doing that. Like don't don't coach them and hound them the whole time. They're not going to want to come back if they want your advice if they want to learn how to get better at disc golf They will ask it and if you're in a situation like that I would appreciate and highly recommend that you recommend this podcast This is one of the best if not the best learning destination for disc golf podcasts If you want to learn how to become a better disc golfer this is the place to do it. We've got pros who come on. We've got our own experiences. We're just like you. It's not like we're a 1,000-rated disc golfers, and we know all, and we can't relate to you. No. We are 900, 950-rated disc golfers. We understand what it's like. We've been 750-rated. We've been 800-rated, 800 850, 900. You know, we have had those bad experiences. We know how hard it is. We can relate to you. So, uh, you know, through our experiences as well as bringing on pros, we really do think that this is a fantastic destination to learn more about disc golf and how to get better, which, shout out, our next two guests are going to be pretty sweet. We've got Emerson Keith and Andrew Presnell lined up, and maybe Kona might even come on the show.
1: So Hopefully I'll be there for one of them.
0: True. Hopefully Trenton will be there for one of them. So uh, what what I'm saying, Let me to summarize one more time, don't give them unsolicited advice. If they kind of start asking you for things, sure, give them a pointer here and there, but then don't continue to follow up on it. Like let them get the itch, get the bug and kind of continue to ask questions. Don't just kind of force it down their throat because they're not going to like it. And you want them to be like, Hey, I want to go and play again. When when can we go do that again? Like That's how you actually get them into it. If you're like, hey, I know we played yesterday. Do you want to go play today? Like like Just pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Take time. You'll get them into it. Once they get that bug, once they start seeing themselves get better,
1: then... They'll be asking to play every day, and you'll have to be like, whoa, 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 chill out, man. I got to do something for work or go to dinner with my wife slash girlfriend slash significant other. And... Exactly. You'll be like, but tomorrow. It'll be great. Yeah. Okay. Number nine on the list.
0: If you find someone's disc, you should not keep it. What I'm saying with this is a deal breaker in disc golf is when you find a disc and you are like, well, finders keepers, this is mine now. That's not okay. If there's a name and number on it, you should definitely give that person a call or a text, like try to return that disc. Personally, for me, if there's not a name or number on it, that's fair game. That is yours. You have found that. I will say, if you find a disc in the water and there's a name or number, a lot of people are like, well, if I went in the water and I found the disc, it's fine. No, it's not. That is not how it works. It, it is not yours. It is the person's who name and number is on that. If you try and they don't message you back, that's fine. Sure, you can keep it. You can burn it. You can do whatever you want. I really don't care. You can recycle it. But like, you got to put the effort in to return someone's disc and you have to be honest if somebody is asking you if you found their disc I'll, I'll never forget the time that i went with one of my friends in manhattan and they were searching just you know seeing if they'd find that disc they don't want to buy a disc and they're, they're very much like i'm never gonna buy a disc i'm just gonna use discs that i find in the wild he found this disc that i wanted it was a malta i yeah, exactly. I didn't have a Malta at the time. I I wanted to try one, and I said, "What is that over there?" And as I was going to get it, he you know, snatched it, and I was like, oh, "There's two ways we're leaving this parking lot: either I have that disc, or you're not leaving this parking <laughs> lot." And but a couple of holes later, this guy came. Yeah, a couple holes later, this guy came up asking for it, and it didn't have a name or number on it, so it's like, "Sweet, this is mine." But he like perfectly described the disc, and he almost said no. I was like, "Dude, come on, man, that's give him the disc back." Like, if someone's going that much of an effort, give them their disc back. Don't twenty bucks. Don't don't not try to give someone's disc back. That's a deal breaker in disc golf.
1: Quentin, I gotta I gotta rebuttal you about the no name, give the disc back. I agree with you, but I think you should at least try to if you see a card or two ahead of you. You should try to somehow get their attention and ask one of them if they left the disc. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. If nobody on the course says it's theirs, then free game. I agree. But you got to try. Yeah. Just want to call that out. I'm not saying you don't do that. I'm just saying, don't just be like, Ooh, no, 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 no. no. That's a good shout right there. Left this, but no name on it. Sorry, buddy. Yes.
0: No, that that's a good shout. I didn't really think about that. Yeah. Like if, if there are people playing around you, like, like ask around someone did that to me the other day when we were out there at oak uh i completely i forgot that i threw this disc on the first hole and as we were on three he was yelling at us and he's like hey, is this one of your guys's discs and i was like who would have left a disc behind on our card not realizing it was me and i was like what kind of disc is it he's like it's white and it's like what's the manufacturer and he said Castoplast. and i was like I don't have any white cast of Yes, I do. I aggressively have a white cast of mid Cax. and then, yeah, it was a Cax. Cax so it just Z. kept yelling Cax to each other. <laughs> no, it's just a regular Cax. And uh, so, yeah, that was funny. Okay. Trenton, finish us off with number 10 and then we'll talk about the pro tour a little bit. All right, guys,
1: here's the thing. If you have ambitions to be one of the best in the world, you're not going to do it without practicing. If you just go out and play. talking about practice. Yeah, we're talking practice. If you just practice. go out and play rounds every day or three or four times a week and you never hit the field, you never go in the practice. backyard and putt, practice. into a basket, at a tree, practice. into the air. Practice. X, Y, Z, any type of practice that you do because there's all kinds talking of Talking about things. practice. The practice that you can do is practice. And if you don't practice, then you're not going to get better. How many times do I have think we say practice? Hit, I think we hit the
0: contractual obligation of how many times we have to say practice for this episode. Point
1: being, <laughs> but, don't just go play rounds if you want to be better at disc golf.
0: Yeah. The number one way to get better at disc golf is by doing it in the field. And Getting subscribing to Chain
1: Clankers Disc Golf Podcast. Yes.
0: Subscribing to the podcast, following us on Instagram, joining the Facebook group. like Those kinds of things will help you get better at disc golf quicker. I, I, I cannot stress this enough. Playing the course teaches you that course teaches you a specific shot on a specific hole for a specific course. It does not teach you how to become a better disc golfer. If you want to become a better disc golfer, you have to do it in the field. You have to film yourself. You have to work on your form that you can then apply with different discs on different courses. So there Um, we go. those Those are our 10 disc golf deal breakers. Things you should not be doing That was good stuff. Let's talk a little bit broadly about the pro tour now. So if you're new to disc golf, yes, there's a pro tour spoiler alert. Also, if you're in our Instagram saying no spoilers, you can't spoil live sports. I'm going to make that very clear right now. You cannot spoil live sports. Get DGN post produce is going away in the future. It is only going to go away in the future, but we'll get to all that. So, The Pro Tour, it's for the elites of the elite disc golfers. It's very comparable to like the PGA Tour for golf, right? MLB, NFL, NBA, all those kinds of things. It is the top level for disc golfers. They travel the country. They go overseas to Europe now and – they play disc golf tournaments and you can see those tournaments and see the scores literally right now at any point during the event on UDisc disc live. And you can actually, there's a lot more on it. Now you can see stats and other different kinds of things on there. Like which holes are the hardest. And it's actually gotten a lot better over the last couple of years. And you can watch the live coverage on DGN disc golf network. Excuse me. Um, so that's where you can watch the live coverage at. There is post produced. Mainly, I'd say Jomez is the biggest one. You also see some uh um,
1: Disc Golf Guy.
0: Yeah, disc golf guy, uh Gatekeeper Media, GK Pro, um, Central I can't remember exactly what it's called. It's the California, yeah, Central Coast. Yep, that's what it is. Central Coast. Um, So you can you can get some coverage and stuff over there. Um, That's where you you'll see a lot of the post produce. And the reason that I said post produce is kind of going away. I really do feel though in the next like five years we're gonna really move away from post produce and go heavy on the live stuff. The more people that watch disc golf live, the bigger and better the sport is going to grow to. So. That's my little tangent on that. That's why you can't ruin live sports. Also, you can literally check the score at any point on UDisc. It's like me being like, yeah, uh, don't talk about the KU basketball game because it, I, I'm not watching the highlights tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't make any sense. Right. So, okay. Las Vegas was the first tournament of the year for the Elite Series, and uh, we had some pretty Good competition there. I mean, Katrina Allen won FPO pretty easily, I'd yeah, was, say. And then Calvin yeah. Heinberg came back and won MPO. So far, uh, the first round of Waco, we've got a ton of dudes at the top. Really anybody's game. And then on the FPO side, Christian Tartar, a.k.a. Tartar Sauce, fan f- favorite. Uh, <laughs> she – yeah, Clanker's favorite. Uh, set the course record at Waco today. Good for her. We're recording this on Friday night on March 10th, so we don't know who's going to win yet. But I just kind of want to get your thoughts on you know the pro tour so far. You know, what, from what you've watched, Trenton. What are your thoughts? How are you feeling about this year? Any things you want to talk
1: about with it? All right. So caveat is I have not watched as much live as I would like to, but I've caught a couple rounds of each. Well, a little bit of today's tournament's first round, and then a couple rounds of uh, Las Vegas and. Um, I didn't watch any of the silver series because I don't know, I just didn't. But, anyways, uh, you know what? I think it is great. It kind of sucks that Ricky's not out there yet. Um, Gannon Burr is a stud. Chris Dickerson is a stud. Anthony Burrell is a stud. Go figure. And then, um, FPO wise, it was nice to see Paige back out there today. Um, not convinced she's gonna do much this year, but that's fine. Paige Pierce back out there. Kristen Tatar, like we talked about, is a just a monster. She's great. And then um, I don't know. I think, like you said, lot you can't ruin live sports. So get the DGN network. It's it's amazing. I mean, it is amazing for live. But it'll just continue to get better. They're doing great things over there, and it's fun to watch. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of where the season goes, I guess. I don't, it's, it's uh it's been fun to watch so far and I'm, I'm very happy that disc golf is back.
0: Absolutely. I, I think the kind of thing that kind of sparked this was we were talking prior to the show and something we were talking about kind of debating is, is it better for the elite series events? To have more players scoring birdies or is it better for less birdies and higher rounds? So let me lay this out. Is it better for rounds to finish down nine to 13 and you've got 40 people in contention after the first day, second day? Or is it better for the best score after round one to be like down four to six and there's maybe 10 people in contention after the first day. For me, I kind of think it's better if the scores are more grouped together and they are a little bit better. I also think that kind of comes with maybe a little bit shorter and technical courses. I don't think every course should get to the point where it's a who can throw the furthest. Yeah, if you can throw it 600 feet, you have a chance of winning. If you don't, well, you're not going to win. Whereas think about it like when you have these shorter courses oh you kicked a tree on this round and everyone on your card took a birdie and you ended up taking a bogey that's tough that might cost you the event that might cost you the round whatever it is like i think that is kind of fun and interesting and and there's so many more people who can win it it makes watching that chase card third card fourth card so much more interesting as well as you never. There's. We're going to see different winners, which is good for the sport. And I think it becomes more of a mental putting, approaching, driving kind of thing instead of it just being a who can throw the furthest.
1: Yeah, I think uh, that's tough because obviously the more people in contention, the better stories, the more people that will want to watch disc golf because it won't only be your Paul Macbeth, Ricky Wysocki, and Simon Lazat. I mean, w- would you call that top three? Maybe Calvin Heinberg up there. I mean, I'd
0: put Calvin over Simon.
1: Well, right. Personality-wise, for sure, Simon. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. just saying, like skills. You're probably right, but personality. I'm thinking big picture. Those those are the yeah. biggest names probably in disc golf at the moment. Like, yep. but if, but like you said, if, if, uh, I mean. I don't even know, this is bad, I don't even know how many total events there are, but if there was, you know, the most someone would win an event would be once or twice and you kinda have not necessarily random people, but more people winning, it would definitely be a lot more entertaining and we could go with our F one idea for building a championship type thing with more people winning in my opinion as well, point wise. Yeah. But that's total different tangent. I just I think there is something to be said about every course, or I'm sorry, every player shooting 9 to 13 down and there being consistency. But if you're going to have that, those those rounds, those tournaments need will become, like you said, will come down to the putting and the consistency over the three days. So in my opinion, if it's going to be courses like that, like, like Waco, they should be four-round tournaments, not three-round tournaments because the cream of the crop is going to rise to the top. Bars! Based on their consistency and and all of that not just you know two two and a half hot rounds and they fell apart at the end but they were enough they were enough ahead because they crushed
0: yeah two points on that the first one is is disc golf more boring when the same people win every single week is formula one more boring when max verstappen wins every single week Disc- kind of. Yeah. I mean when, when Max wins by ten seconds, it is kind of boring because you know what the outcome is going to be. There's no drama, there's no excitement. Whereas you look at disc golf, if we know that Paul and Christian are gonna win every single weekend, or Calvin and Christian, or you know, insert MPO player and Christian every single weekend.
1: <laughs> I see what you did there. Is it
0: fun to watch? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I feel like it can get a little stale. It can get kind of boring when there's just a period of dominance of, and there's there's obviously the appealing parts to that as, all, as well. Just just a thought. Just but the the other part to that is I completely agree with you. If there is a disc golf elite series event, it must be four rounds. Adding on to that, I think it should be a cut after two, and you are near the cash line, but let's take an extra like 25% of the field, maybe. That's not in the cash, and they can continue to play in round three. And then the round three cut is the cash line. And so if you're not in the cash after the third round, maybe, let's say, plus 5%. That way, if you're right there, you still have a chance to make a push on the last day. And then there you go. I think it would also help events getting through quicker, having the double cut. Um, I I don't see the point in having players who are clearly not close to the cash going a third day when they're not going to get there.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And it'll just help, you know, incentivize players, too, because I don't. I don't think, man, I'm bad. Most, most rounds, most tournaments don't have cuts, right? Um, If they do,
0: it's after the third round.
1: Well, I think every tournament should have a cut Agreed. because it incentivizes you to play better. Obviously you don't want to be out there if you're in last anyways, but uh, you got to get, you want to play every day. And you want to make money, so there should be a cut. But that'll come with, with the more money that comes to the sport as well. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm struggling a little bit because the same person doesn't win every week except for an FPO. And uh, that'll change as more um, female players continue to come to the course and continue to play and continue to get better. Yep. Um. But I think, I think I said this the other day. I feel like FPO is kind of in the stage, like the King Climo era. I mean, this is way too early prediction because Kristen Tatar just won her first world Worlds last year. But I almost feel like that's kind of how it is. There's, like a, there's a giant separation. There's a big skill gap between the true elites in the FPO division and then everybody else. Like, Tatar yeah. is like a step ahead of everybody as far as overall skills and everything where like back in the day, Ken Climo obviously was a step ahead of everybody.
0: I think that's just equivalent to looking at the points at the end of the year. Like it's Kristen by a lot and then page and big break Katrina and then another big break and then another big break. Like it's very evident that there's a big skill gap. I almost want to say we're in the Paul Macbeth dominance area Because I'll give Paige her time in the sun, and I'll say that was the Ken Climo era, era. and now we're in the paul Ricky era. Oh,
1: I like it. With Katrina and Tatar?
0: Katrina, Paige, and Tatar. That's kind of where we are now. Because, I mean, let's be honest. Before Christian really came on, I mean, yes, there were other women who won a lot, but it it was Paige... Pierce was the dominator. Right? Page yeah. was the Ken Climo of the FBO division. Now we've got a couple other heads there. Paul, you know, comparatively to Kristen, Ricky, Katrina, or Page, and just kind of that trio, right? And, and I do think that Kristen is going to dominate. I, I think we can pencil her in for Worlds. And what would you set her over under on wins this year at? Seven uh, she's not going to be
1: out of the top three in any of her events unless she gets hurt. If that was a thing I could gamble on, I would put money on it right now.
0: Which is what she did last year and yet somehow didn't win player of the year. And
1: I bet you she wins 75% of the events this year.
0: I um, would take let's over 75%.
1: Do... She's going to get dubs.
0: I'm going to see if I can find the schedule real quick. I'm trying to do this. On the fly, folks. So please don't yell at me, Trenton. Fill the space with the talk. Bro, did
1: you see or everyone? <laughs> I just went into one-on-one mode. Did you see the uh, the unfortunate putts that I sent you today, Evelina?
0: Um, probably. But at this point, I'm so used to She's it.
1: Six putts. <laughs> She's six putted today. Seven. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what did you send did, that on? She did Instagram? one of... I'm not trying to laugh. I apologize. This is very rude, but it's disc golf and we're all fun.
0: Did you send it to me on Instagram? FB. Oh, okay. I'll have to check it out to after Louis. this.
1: And, uh, I'll check it out right now. Dude, she's at five feet. She's at five feet and she does one of these. Look at me real quick. She goes... Uh... She goes... So... I'm aiming For the audio at, I'm at, I'm aiming at you, Quentin. to the you're yep. the basket. Yep. She goes like this. Fling.
0: We've all done it, man. From 5D. What is that? What do, Come on. What? Do, yeah, I have. Okay. Up. Maybe not, maybe <laughs> not that bad. So like, but like why is that? What let, let's she's let's gripping, spin dude. this. Gripping, let's spin this into how how can we get better at disc golf, she's right? has got Just,
1: the yips and she's gripping it like she's she's like frustrated. Clearly she's frustrated if you watch the video, if you saw her putting obviously everyone who wouldn't be frustrated. And she just like, that was only three of them, but she, Oh
0: my gosh.
1: Yeah. It's bad. I just watched it. I'll share it to Facebook guys. Go check it out on Facebook.
0: Yeah. 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 Put it in our Facebook group. That's a good plug for people to check that. I mean, she literally was five feet away and just lost focus and sent it. What is she now? 25, 30 feet away from the basket. Something. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's just a little, like, don't even think about it. Oh, my gosh. She's got to make this one. She's now, like, another five feet. Oh, my gosh. No. No. She had two five-footers and missed them by, like, so much that she then had 20, 25, 30-footers afterwards. As a disc golfer, how do we solve this? Don't go through your routine. Just whatever you got to do to just slightly get that thing over. Just get it in the basket and move on. Oh, my God. If, if, that's bad. If
1: you have the yips like that, do yourself a favor and, like, like hold it like you're holding a, a paper plate with some food on it. And just literally just like lob it underneath the basket so that all you have to do is stand there and just drop it in the basket.
0: Literally, I mean, this is a great example of why practice putting is so important. You can throw she the can furthest throw in the division, right? But if you can't putt, it doesn't matter. You're never going to be in contention. But okay, anyways, um, so I'm looking at the events. So we have one, two, I won't count silver. So one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, we'll say. About 18 left. And, you know, Christian might not be signed up for all of them. She's not, we She's can't... probably
1: going to miss like five of them, I bet.
0: Yeah. So I'll set the line at seven and a half wins still. Does she go over or under seven and a half wins over. this year? Yeah. Does she, I don't know if this has happened. Someone, I mean, Paige has probably done it, but like the grand slam winning all the majors, that Ooh. would be pretty cool. Do you think that could happen? I mean, I, and the reason we're not even bringing
1: it. up, sorry, go ahead.
0: I was going to say the reason we're not even bringing up MPOs because it's not going to happen on the MPO side. No way. Too much competition. It, it can only exactly it can only happen with Christian. No one on the MPO sites winning eight events. I would say m p o that the the leader at the end of the year I'd set the line at three and a half who will have the whoever has the most amount of wins do they get four or more
1: um, I think yes I think yes, but that's even that's still tough to me
0: What about four and a half that's do they get five
1: no I don't think so.
0: That's a lot of wins. Is lot this of wins. is not including silver. It's only majors and elites. So I think that three and a half, four and a half line is pretty good.
1: Agreed. And I, knew, um, but uh, I got, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm gonna switch it. I'm gonna switch a tiny bit. We got something. I was just
0: gonna say, we could see Kristen go for the the Grand Slam this year. Agreed. The calendar Grand Slam. Win all the majors. Win Worlds. Win a ton of events. The only thing that can stop her truly
1: is her getting hurt. Or. Someone calling out that her daughter is on the Yeah. Uh, anyways. um, So this is actually a good point as well. So FPO is the most like us amateur folk. So they are the best in my opinion. This is purely my opinion. Quentin, you can disagree with me if you want. In my opinion, um, watching FPO play is for us 900 or lower rated disc golfers. They are the most like us. So they are... Fantastic to watch and kind of learn from. And I I am able to watch them more during the day than I am able to watch the evening, um, the guys just with children and everything. So I love watching FPO, and they are the most relatable to our skill gap. So if you're an amateur and you want to watch some disc golf, um, watch the ladies play. They're, they're, they're fun to watch. You can learn a ton. And they throw further than us and me for sure, but they are the most similar to us. Like we can do... Us, 900 rated, you know, men, females, whatever, all of us. I don't mean this in a bad way either. I'm just saying they are very relatable and it's great to watch because you can't, not all of us are going to be able to go out there and do what Ricky's doing, but we can go out there and do, we probably can't do it. Christina, the top three, four, Christina, geez, the top three, four, um, FPO players are doing, but everyone else out there, we can kind of match some of their shots and it's, it's just fun to be able to relate to a pro so
0: yeah okay anything else i i think maybe like early world's prediction let's get out of here like i said stick around uh make sure you're subscribed join us over on our facebook group where we'll talk more about this and other things and follow us on instagram there's tips going out all the time on our instagram with the reels monday through friday YouTube shorts every day also. So check us out over there. It's all Chain clingers, Disc Golf. Um, and we've got, like I said, two great guests coming on next couple weeks. We've got Emerson Keith, Andrew Presnell lined up trying to secure Kona. That would be awesome if we can make it happen. Uh, we'll just depend on scheduling. Um, and then, yeah, let's finish it off here on World's Prediction, FPO MPO.
1: FPO Kristen Tatar MPO, I said it last year or a few months ago. I still am going to go with Simon Lazac because I want him, I want him to win it.
0: FPO Kristen Tatar, no disagreement there. I really want to say Calvin Heimburg, but this is more of a woodsy course. And I don't think Calvin's the best Woods player in the world. So I think I have to default to Paul. I think the only thing Paul cares about is the world championship. That's it. If he wins one event and that's it, he had a successful year.
1: I think I would agree with that statement about Paul only caring about that because guess what? We've talked about it on here before. That's what everyone seems to care about. It's the only event everyone seems to care about.
0: Worlds and majors, that's the only thing that Paul cares about. So that's why, you know, if you're playing fantasy disc golf right now, Paul McGrath I really don't think is a great fantasy option because I don't think he's locked into every event. I think he's majors and, and yep. yeah, he's just... he's just using these as tune-ups. Be healthy, ready to go, feeling good. Because when it's worlds, it's different MF that's out
1: there. He's making 70-footers just to keep it tied and then... Or to, no wait, seventy footer putt like a seventy. What was that like a eighty foot putt? And then he tied it, or did he take the lead on that putt? Like whole. He
0: took the lead on seventeen and coughed it up on eighteen. Yeah.
1: With a eighty foot putt on seventeen to take the lead.
0: Yeah. It was all right.
1: Amazing. That's
0: it for this episode. Love you, you guys. guys for tapping in let us know if you kind of like the style it was a little bit different from maybe what we've done the last couple episodes especially maybe when it's just been trenton and i we you know wanted to give you guys some good knowledge at the top talk a little bit about the pro tour at the bottom so let us know kind of what your thoughts on were on that and how you're feeling you feeling about things go ahead
1: let us know if you like the pro tour talk because we yeah. enjoy talking about it but we want to make sure that our people like to hear it so agreed So let us know what you guys are thinking. Let us know
0: what we can do better, how we can better serve your game. If you haven't and you're new and you're still with us, if you could give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that would be appreciated. It really lets us know what we need to work on and what you guys kind of like and all of those good things as well as hit us up on our Patreon, patreon patreon.com backslash chainclinkers. We're giving away – four discs every single month all you have to do is be a supporter over there and you're automatically entered to win as well as a bunch of other bonus stuff going on over there so check it out patreon.com backslash chain that's it we're done we will see you guys next week
1: later